Please help. Uh, those, well, we didn't have any members of the public present at the first session, so welcome to members of the public for this one. Uh, and uh, also for anybody who's listening to the broadcast of this. Uh, when you speak, uh, you need to switch on a microphone, uh, otherwise it's not recorded, uh, and it does help to hear. Uh, when you finish, you need to switch it off, because otherwise it cuts out the other microphone. So we have loads of fun with that, as you can imagine. Uh, if a vote's taken, I'll um, state whether it's unanimous or if it's close, the numbers for and against. Uh, that's, again, for the benefit of those listening to the audio version uh, without the benefit of watching what's going on. The first item is public speaking, and we have uh, five public speakers. There's Vivian Ville, Louise Yellowlees, Edward Gildia, Chris Dodge, and Pascali Muir. Uh, and can I ask Vivian to make a start, please? You have three minutes, sir, and switch on the microphone. Uh, Mr Chairman, councillors, council officers, and residents of Uttlesford, thank you for allowing me to speak. My name is Vivian Veal. I have 50 years' experience as a conservation biologist. 4.5 million years ago, Rocks aggregated in space and formed our planet Earth. 3.5 billion years ago, life began on this planet. Just 100,000 years ago, human species began to migrate out of Africa. In 1950, a group of stratigraphers recommended that the current geological epoch should be renamed from the Holocene to the Anthropocene. They asserted that human activity had, what is changing the geology of the planet. We are now facing the sixth mass extinction, and it is the only one that has happened through the dominion of one species, us. There is a dynamic and interconnected web of life that we call nature. Nature needs all its species to remain in equilibrium. Human activity is causing a loss of species at an unprecedented rate. We are responsible. It is very depressing. But we can, if we choose, be the solution. We need positive leadership, which is why I most wholeheartedly support the motions in front of us today. We also need cooperation with each other, and every one of us has a part to play so that our planet can continue to be the unique and miraculous place that it is. Thank you. Thank you very much. Excellent. Uh, can I ask uh, Louise Yellowlees, please? Thank you. Three minutes. Hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Louise Yellowlees. I'm from Saffron Northern Action on Climate Change. Uh, you probably saw me five months ago when we were talking about the climate and ecological emergency, and that motion was passed, which was fantastic. 
and it's been passed uh, you know, UK-wide. It is official. We are in an, a climate emergency. But unfortunately, since then, nothing has been done that is on the scale that is required to affect this emergency. And I'm, I know this thing's happening at UDC, but I'm not just talking about here. I'm talking about UK-wide. I'm talking about globally. Nothing is being done that can actually affect this. And so the weight of this climate emergency is still on everyday people. We are all still feeling the weight of this being told on one hand, this is an emergency, and the word emergency, you know, what does that mean? That is insane. It means we've got to do things now. And then on the other hand, oh, but we're not really going to do anything about it. So people are really conflicted, really confused, and really worried. And, you know, we're going to keep going. SWAC are going to keep going. Groups are popping up all over the place. People are amazing. My kids are up there. I can't stop going. We've got to keep doing this. But people are worried, and there is, especially after last week, there's quite a lot of despair and a lot of worry going on. And so um, that's why this is fantastic. We're here to support anything, any action for, by anyone that is about climate change and helping nature. And SWAC are not political. We will support anyone that is doing this, absolutely anyone. And you guys have got this incredible opportunity, not only to be trailblazers for the whole of, um, for the whole of Essex, to show all the other districts how you can be eco-friendly, and so they do it too, but also, really crucially, to give hope to all the people like me and like all the people in SWAC and all the people everywhere who are absolutely terrified and have no idea what to do about this. And if you give these people hope, then you will inspire them to take action. And, you know, all the actions that you guys are going to start suggesting, we're all going to get involved. And in the last year doing SWAC, I have seen firsthand what community action is like. And it is amazing. You can't describe it. It hits you right here. You sort of feel like you're going to cry. It's so amazing when everyone comes together. And it's so amazing what you can get done really quickly when people come together. So if you can get all of that and show a bit of leadership and show everyone, yeah, we're going to do this with you. So we have hope and we all feel inspired. And we all start reacting to the word emergency in the way it should be reacted to, then maybe we can get loads and loads done with this motion in 2020. Thank you. Thank you. A very clear and passionate presentation. Thank you. Um, so I now have Edward Gildia, but also can I ask the next speaker, which is Chris Dodge, to take up one of the seats, please, and then we can swap over very easily. So, Edward, three minutes, please. Yeah. Thank you. I'm delighted to support any motion that takes the environmental crisis seriously. Greta Thunberg spoke clearly last week against governments who set targets and passed fine resolutions but do nothing credible about them. I support the requirement for a roadmap by February the 25th and the disciplined approach to delivery that the motion advocates. I support the ambitious targets for the installation of electric vehicle charging points. And we must also be creative in applying other levers and controls. UDC has the power to license taxis and buses. That power should incentivize conversion to ultra-low emission vehicles. There should be free electric car parking, not only on Uttlesford sites, but also negotiated at Audley End Station. That would really kick-start electric car ownership and make a huge difference to air quality. Of course, there are issues around affordability. My view of taxation is simple. To bring about changes in behaviour, you tax the unsustainable behaviours gently at first and use the money to incentivise the sustainable ones. The extended ultra-low emission zone in London will generate a massive revenue stream that will transform car ownership, electric car ownership in the city. Uttlesford, though, is about farming. 
It occupies prime English agricultural land. Agriculture must be part of our solution to the environmental crisis. We need to maximise biodiversity on our farms, maximise the scope for absorbing carbon into our soils, find ways of using farms to cope with increasingly frequent floods and drought. There won't be any quick fix answers to these challenges, but we have to start by engaging with the NFU, the Young Farmers and the Landowners Associations. Listening, understanding their constraints and challenges, helping them take full advantage of any post-Brexit agricultural policy and rewarding them for improving biodiversity and the health of their soils. The local plan must have serious sustainability at its heart. Housing must be located adjacent to low-carbon transport infrastructures, by which I mean trains. And please, no more abstract nouns such as rapid transport solutions. However many adjectives you put in front of them, such as direct, high-quality, frequent and fast, they are still only buses which have zero credibility with commuters. And while I'm sounding like an English teacher... In the policies that emerge, I will be looking out for the verbs. I'm sceptical of support, encourage and promote. These are nice-sounding, but are verbs of very nebulous action. Where the council has power, they must be replaced by incentivise, leverage, require, mandate, insist. Verbs of action. As Greater made very clear, it is action that we now need, and I look forward to being involved. Thank you. Thank you, Edward. Excellent. Um, Chris Dodge, please, and Pascal Muir could perhaps find your way to a seat there as well. Thank you. Three minutes, if you can. Thank you. Good evening. My name is Chris Dodge. I'm a Saffron Walden resident. And over the last few months, um, together with a few colleagues, we've been trying to work on setting up Saffron Walden Community Energy. And it's in that context that I would say we support this motion particularly the renewable energy uh, initiatives included. Um, renewable electricity generation in the UK has been growing and this year has reached about 30% of all electricity generated. However, electricity demand will continue to rise over the next few decades and so to make significant further inroads into that we're going to need a, it's going to need a lot of effort. So when talking about community energy, um, local authority initiatives... Are, are usually meant as well as community initiatives. Um, generally, they generally go hand in hand, local authorities and community action. Um, unfortunately, in this area, neither councils nor the community have been very active compared to other areas in the southeast. To quote from UK Power Networks, which is our grid operator here, of the three regions, the three regions being the, the, towards the south coast, London, and then north, this area, and East Anglia, um, of the three regions, the east of England, us, was found to have the fewest active community energy organisations. And one of the reasons, among few, was lack of local authority support. I've recently been talking to the CEO of Community Energy South, who has started working with Essex County Council on a support programme for community energy in Essex. He hopes that we up here in Uttlesford can be involved. Um, renewable energy projects are also a good investment, but the type of project has to be carefully planned. The standard model of just putting some solar panels in a field no longer works, primarily because feed-in tariffs have been withdrawn. Other models do work better. 
such as solar panel installation placed on or near users, like a school or a sports centre. Also, including battery storage to provide so-called flexibility, and flexibility is one of the key words now. Um, This can help increase income. For example, an excess of wind energy recently pushed the price of electricity so low, uh, companies with batteries were being paid to take it. So I've been in contact with the Community Energy Liaison person in UK Power Networks, and they're keen to see community-sized organisations help provide this kind of flexibility service. So I think there's a great opportunity for innovation here uh, in Uttlesford, maybe the council and the community working together. My last point, very briefly, is that renewable energy projects, local projects, give us more local control. They support local jobs, they maintain elements of spending within the local community, and we can help steer their priorities. For example, tackling energy poverty, providing reduced energy costs to schools, and primarily reducing carbon emissions. Thank you. Thank you very much. Perfect. And finally, Pascal Muir, please. Thank you. With my positive hat on, I'd like to think that each of us must surely, by now, be aware of the environmental crisis we face globally. Having sleepwalked into this position, the need for radical change in attitudes and actions is real and urgent. Whilst many of us are doing what we can individually, there is a pressing need for those in a position of authority to introduce and implement wide-scale and impactful change. Continuing in the same way as we have over the last past few decades is no longer an option, as aware as we are now of the mistakes that have been made and of the extensive damage we have inflicted. Humanity has increasingly alienated itself from nature, losing our knowledge and understanding of it, consistently putting our own misconceived needs and ambitions ahead of the ecosystems which support us, and failing to recognise that without nature, we ourselves cease to exist. We have come to see nature and wildlife as inconveniences. We are managing to justify to ourselves constantly the cutting back, concreting over, felling and culling, but do so at our peril. Nature is self-forming and self-managing, and our interference with it serves only to upset the natural order and status quo. We must give it space and opportunity to prosper. The loss of green spaces and wildlife habitat has to stop. We must relearn to appreciate and value our natural surroundings. Each nibbling away of our private and communal green spaces results in a net loss of wildlife habitat and fuels the current march to extinction. I'm appealing to you, the decision makers, to go back to basics and reassess the flawed policies which have allowed us to reach this perilous place. We are experiencing flooding, but continue to cut down mature trees and allow profiteering profiteering developers to do so with impunity. We bemoan the loss of species, but continue to destroy their habitat. We worry about the continuing decline of pollinators, yet still cut back and apply pesticides to their food sources. The water plate is rising, but still we concrete and tarmac over our porous land. Joined-up thinking is urgently required, together with consideration of cause and effect, and recognition that all living things, not just humans, are connected parts of the whole and all depend on each other. You have the jurisdiction and the responsibility to put issues of nature and the health of the planet at the very forefront of your policies, plans and decisions, and I urge you to do so with immediate effect. 
Thank you for listening. Thank you. Five very good and very clear presentations. Thank you very much. Uh, now, I, I'm going to move on to item two of the agenda, which is the minutes of the previous meeting. Is it your wish that I sign these as a, a true record? Don't all shout at once? Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Right. I'll do that at the end of the, end of the meeting. I shall not be allowed to forget. Uh, okay. Uh, chair's announcements. Um, it's time of year when you get to do quite a lot of civic cow services, which are extremely nice, may I say. One at Walton Abbey and one at Chelmsford Cathedral, both of which were delightful in their different ways. Um, and various other uh, civic engagements, uh, one of which involved Princess Anne twice, so there we are. Uh, <laughs> but this uh, c'est la vie. Um, I'm going to move on now to uh, reports from the leader and also members of the executive. So, uh, John Lodge, Leader of the Council, uh, do you wish to make any announcements about matters which are not already on the agenda? I will do. Good. I think the, 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 uh, considering the, um, the massive agenda we have tonight, the, the Chairman was uh, remarkably concise in his, and I'll try and do the same. Uh, we, we're swamped with, with information at Oxford. The, the um, agendas and minutes of meeting, the members' bulletins. And so um, we, we need to find a better way to, to communicate with, uh, with members. And so what, uh, what we're trying to do is to change things a little bit. I'm not going to go through a massive amount of information tonight. Uh, I'm announcing that early in the new year, we will in fact take reports from cabinet members and we will include them in a new section on the members' bulletins. So I think that's roughly every three weeks you will be get to getting updated information. I know that uh, Councillor Sell was pretty keen on that. Uh, he's not here tonight to hear that. Um, and so that then cabinet members will at times come to come this meeting to, to bring out some particular points. Uh, but then um, in the interests of, of the larger agenda tonight, we, we won't do to that tonight. And I've just got um, three points really that I, that I wanted to make. Uh, this is on the strategic work that's going on uh, here. I wanted to talk about um, an item on the Essex leaders meeting and then just talk a little bit about delivery of the garden communities. Um, on the strategy side, and I'm even going to postpone that a little bit because we have a motion later on, and I think that the work that we're doing will be, will be, uh, will be covered there. And so if you'll excuse me, I'll propose, defer that a little bit. On the uh, Essex leaders, there was one particular item which, which concerned us. At, at the previous meeting, there had been a request for um, authorities around the whole of Essex to volunteer to bring, on, to bring in further refugee families. And uh, at that meeting, they presented a matrix which showed the offers that had come from the various district councils. Uh, I'm saddened and pleased to say there was only one firm offer on that matrix, and that was from Ottersford District Council. And on top of that, we made a commitment that we will look for more as next year progresses. Uh, and I, I, I was able then during that meeting to somewhat berate the rest of the um, community there for not standing up to the challenge and hope that uh, they would do that. And I was able to say from personal experience in this district 
how we have stood up to that uh, challenge. Some 30 or 40 years ago, my wife was instrumental in settling a Vietnamese family in town. In fact, two families in town in neighboring properties here. I know that uh, two of the children from that went on to get doctorates from universities in this country, and the contribution that they make to our uh, society is massive, and uh, I hope that uh, the other Essex leaders will take that up. Finally, then, um, on the local delivery boards, Massive caveat, we are still waiting for that letter from the inspector. So we don't yet know whether we're going to be building any new garden communities. Um, we'll wait to see. Um, however, but the good news is that two of the local delivery boards have gotten away for uh, North Oxford and for Eastern Park. The reports I've had have been very good. That um, I see people not there. Um, to date, the, um, the developers have contributed to a degree. We'll see how that uh, continues. But uh, I think that uh, other participants have found it's been useful in what would be a design project for uh, uh, the most major bit of work that's gone on in, in Uttersford ever. And I'm just reminded of a, a couple of things from the speakers this evening. I think it was Chris Dodge uh, on um, renewable power. First of all, I'm determined that our new communities will be carbon negative. That's going to be one of the design features of those communities. And also, I wonder if you know, this district has the largest battery in the country. Here endeth my report. Yes, I, I've actually been to see that largest battery in the country. It's a very large number of uh, lithium-ion batteries joined together uh, at one of the nodes of the National Grid. It's quite an impressive thing. Okay, uh, I think, uh, Councillor Lodge, we now, we now have questions of the leader, members of the executive and committee chairs, up to 15 minutes. Uh, so I will invite, once again, Councillor Lodge, to... There's a report on planning appeals, which you might want to... I'll make, I'll make a quick word on that. You'll have seen the, uh, the, the report there. Uh, to a degree, it's rather a non-report as yet. I know Councillor Bark is uh, uh, wishing to see this as it, as it grows. We've only had 53 planning applications so far, uh, and only 11 were refused, but we have had six appeals through that. Uh, in pro process, but of course we don't have data then on the success of those. Though it's interesting to note that in recent weeks, um, two of the uh, uh, major decisions, um, around the two or three in fact, have been turned down by the planning inspector for a total of some two or three hundred homes for what uh, this planning committee uh, decided were unsuitable applications and unsustainable applications. So um, I think that report is just there for noting. Thank you, uh, thank you, uh, John, Councillor Lodge. Uh, yes, Councillor Dean. Yes, thank you, Chairman. I have um, a question which I think is probably best directed at um, Councillor Hargreaves. This council has had over many years uh, a fairly good reputation for annually carrying out a sending out a questionnaire to the public and to local businesses on what they thought the council's priorities should be for the coming year. And, of course, as members will know, we set the budget in February. Um, and this process has normally begun in the autumn. It came to my attention last month that for the first time since this process began, and I haven't gone back to see how long we've been doing it, that... Uh, the consultation was cancelled. Uh, I really would like, and I think the public deserve an explanation as to why 
the administration or why the council is not consulting the general public this year on next year's budget before it's set. Thank you. Uh, Councillor Lodge, do you wish to respond to that? Sorry. If, if I Councilor may Harvey. respond to that. And uh, two answers to that question. First of all, uh, we had a major consultation and it was in May. And we stood, off, or you stood, on a manifesto. That manifesto had input from more than 600 local people. And obviously on the doorstep, we, we had uh, rather more input. So we heard quite a lot from residents as to what the council's priorities should be. So our job now is to stop asking the same questions again, because we've been told and our job now is to get on and deliver. Uh, if anyone would like to know, I've got a copy of a summary copy of the manifesto here if uh, members would like me to read it out, but I suspect that might be a tad unpopular. But it is here for reference if you'd like to look. The second answer is that previous consultations uh, have mostly involved asking questions about things that we have a statutory duty to do anyway. So you're not much informed when you say, how important do you think bin collections are? How important do you think um, council houses are? It doesn't tell you anything, because we've got to do those things anyway. Uh, I think the most interesting one for the last one was the question that said, um, would you like good council services and low council tax? I'm not quite sure how many were going to say they didn't want that, and what you do with the answer, but most of it was not really achieving anything, uh, and they had to pay consultants to make people do the answer, to actually to respond, and then more consultants to analyse it to an excruciating degree, and I don't think anything was actually done with the results of that, uh, so therefore, for this time round, we said, no, we're not doing that one again, but it doesn't stop us if we have something contentious or something we think needs to be consulted upon, then, of course, we will do so. Thank you, Councillor. Mr. Hardy. Chairman, I would like to come back on that one because... There are other people that want to ask questions, Councillor Dean, so... I've got a right to reply. The, the, when, when a proper consultation is carried out, it's carried out in an objective way by people who are not politicians, people who are you know, not going to adjust the answers to what they want to hear, etc. And I think it's most unacceptable that... That, uh, that essentially an, an objective survey should be carried out by those of us who go, do go knocking on doors. I agree. I think this is a, an irregular process, and, and I do hope that it never happens again. Councillor Cristioni. Thank you, Chair. Um, it's become apparent to me that this council has descended into a bit of a dictatorship. Uh, we've had an exodus of long-standing cabinet members of RFU, or long-standing members of RFU, recent cabinet members, uh, on the basis of principle, I think. Uh, fiery confrontation at an investment board meeting and the absence of any change, which was a promise, I believe, of the last administration. So on that basis, I, I do have a question. For a leader and a party to have promised residents transparency, open government, democracy, there's lots of talk, but very little action all I hear is comparisons to old administrations. 
My question then is, when will this administration stand on its own two feet and start to judge itself by its own achievements when they, or if they, decide to appear? People of Uttlesford, in my opinion, and that of others across politics and across the district have been misled, in my opinion. And I think we need to ask, has the leader any plans to enact the change he promises? Or is the John Lodge show to run its course to the detriment of this council, our residents and our environment? Councillor Lodge, do you wish to respond to that? Um, not really, but I will. <laughs> no, 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 no. I think there's sort of the uh, descending to those personal attacks. Uh, not the way that I wanted to, uh, to run the council. I think, as you were, I, um, I offered various cooperative roles with uh, uh, other parties in the hope that we could change the model of uh, politics somewhat. Uh, I have to say I failed. Um, I think that... Um, the opposition parties really want to um, con uh, maintain the, the, the existing uh, confrontational mode of uh, politics. And I think it's, uh, it's non-edifying and not something that uh, I, uh, I want to see here. We're, uh, we're standing very much on our own two feet. The uh, Cabinet will, will be seeing a, a much more detailed corporate plan. And shortly after that, you'll be seeing a whole series of actions um, which will lay out the, uh, the budgeting requirements for future cabinets. Uh, we'll be launching a residence charter and uh, you will see uh, in an enormous amount of detail what um, this administration will be doing. It sort of ill behoves political parties who certainly nationally have failed to achieve results in recent years to a spectacular degree to come and carp about what we are doing here now really uh, ill behoves them and uh, they will see how a real administration will work in this council in the very near future. Can I bring to members' attentions this red book which I commend? It is actually what we've all signed up to and it gives code of conduct for councillors. I commend it because one of the things, several things, uh, particularly Councillor Crisioni, you might like to read this and we could read it together even. Um, uh, councillors should treat each other with respect and not make personal attacks, which I think is quite a sound thing. And uh, obviously it's a fine line. But uh, this now exists, I think, only in electronic form. You have to be somebody uh, who actually had one from last time to actually still have it. But I do commend you to all of us. We actually have a responsibility to know what's in there and what's expected of us. Uh, some of us acquire it by a sort of osmosis, by actually sitting here for long enough. But it's, it's quite a good read, and uh, quite interesting to try and get your brain round. Thank you very much. Uh, uh, um, yes, uh, Councillor Gregory. Thank you, Chair. I'm um, going to be a little bit greedy and ask two questions, if I may, but they'll be very brief. Could the leader update members on when we're likely to receive the inspector's letter, please? Leader? Yeah, I saw some correspondence. The officers have been talking to the programme manager um, the, this very morning, I believe, and that um, it's expected that it will be in the new year, so there is still a bit of consultation and queuing with the new government. We're expecting it early in the new year. Thank you. Second question, if I may. Um, could the leader inform us whether the decision to advertise public notices in only one of the Saffron Warden local papers was an evidenced value-for-money procurement decision, or was it a politically motivated one, please? 
That's, that's a difficult question which I can't actually answer because um, it, it, it was taken some time before I was here, but I have asked for some um, update on that and it's something that we possibly will look at. And uh, the information I was given was that um, across the two Oxford-based titles, Saffron Walden Report and the Dunmer Broadcast, Archand here covers the widest geography of the district. Archand's circulation figures are ABC verified and gives a standard and uniformed uh, procedure. Uh, as far as efficiency goes, we're using one of the providers streamlines the administration process for all council departments. It's easy to work with just one provider. Um, I think that that gives some of the history. I, personally, also, I'm not quite satisfied, and I, um, I assure you we will actually look at that in the coming weeks. Councillor Barker. Thank you. Um, I'm not sure who to, possibly the Chairman of Planning. Um, just to keep us up to date, can I ask when the Standards of Planning Committee, we're about to discuss aviation uh, emissions, uh, when that is coming back to committee for a decision? Um, I can't tell you exactly, hoping for January. Can't give you definite dates yet, but as soon as we do, it'll be published. Okay. Thank you. Are there any other questions for the leader uh, or the executive? In which case, I shall move on uh, to the next item, which I believe is matters referred from the executive and the council's committees, and there are none. And then there's matters received about joint arrangements and external organisations, and we don't have any of them either. Uh, so, I'm afraid, Councillor Lodge, you're going to be on your feet quite a lot because uh, the next one is a commercial strategy, which is item nine. Sorry, please don't all talk at once. Sorry. Okay, yeah, absolutely. So, it is... Item 8, Local Council Tax Support Scheme Proposals for 2020-21. I believe that's Councillor Hargreaves. Thank you. Thank you, Chair. Uh, the recommendation, I'll read that out, is the Council approve the Local Council Tax Support Scheme for 2021 as set out in this report and recommended by Cabinet on the 26th of November. Uh, the 2021 LCTS scheme is set on the same basis as the 2019-20 scheme and therefore the contribution rate would be frozen for the fifth consecutive year. And the second part of this is the council should continue to protect vulnerable and disabled residents and carers on a low income. Uh, I'll just give you a brief uh, summary of what the LCTS scheme is. It provides a discount on uh, council tax payments uh, for basically three groups of people. That is pensioners on low income. Uh, it is disabled people, carers and blind people on low income. And also on working age people on, on low income. Uh, we are required to consult on this uh, every year as to whether the levels should uh, remain the same, go up or go down. But the first thing, main thing to draw to your attention is that the scheme run by Uttlesford, as you'll see on the table, uh, paragraph 15, we have the most generous scheme of any council in Essex. So it's a good scheme. Um, on the consultation on this, which you're required to have, 
the response rate was pretty poor. Very poor. Uh, it was, um, we know that the, oh, the, the survey, by the way, was available online and on paper. It was advertised in the local papers. Uh, we know that about 7,500 people saw it on social media and another 2,500 people got a, uh, an email from UDC about it. Nevertheless, we got the sum total of 156 responses. Uh, of those responses, uh, on the first question about should we carry on protecting disabled people and carers on a low income, 94% said yes. That's good. On the um, working age uh, people, uh, sorry, on, on the level of, of, of discount, should the council keep the rate at 12.5%, 67% said yes. Of the no's, uh, it was pretty much equally split between those who wanted it higher and those who wanted it lower. So it was 40%, 45% higher, 40%, 55% smaller. So very small response, but of the responses we got, it supported uh, the scheme uh, as, as to continue as it is. So it's a good scheme, uh, and I would urge uh, members to, to support it. Thank you. Thank you, Councillor Hargreaves. Uh, yes, there's a vote required on this, so I need, first of all, a proposer. Councillor Caton, do you have a question? Yes, can, can I ask Councillor Hargreaves what we're going to do in future to try and improve the response rate, uh, a less than 1% response rate, to a survey does seem to me to be not particularly successful and we although it's a very good scheme and I'm not criticizing the scheme I do think we need to be involving the residents slightly better than one percent of them in an important decision uh, that actually affects the, the uh, level of council tax for all of them all of us in the district Yes, before I ask Councillor Hargreaves to respond to that, anybody that's ever done any surveys knows it's an incredibly hard thing to do to get meaningful results. You can fix a survey to produce any result you want, uh, provided you don't take a very large sample. If you do it rigorously, it's extremely challenging, and what that means is extremely expensive. But Councillor Hargreaves, I'm sure you can add to that. Yes, thank you. Actually, this is the same question uh, was asked at Cabinet, and I'm going to give exactly the same answer. I'm not quite sure why it's been asked again. Um, last, in previous years, um, consultants were paid significant sums to phone round to get people to do the responses. That, of course, doesn't give you a particularly good sample, but it's only those who are prepared to answer their landline, only those who then say, yes, they'll fill in the, the, the survey. Um, I think the, 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 I forgot what the final figure was. Somebody got something like two or 3,000 people to respond in, in the end. Um, to, to do a really professional job on this, you need to have a very large response and then what you need to do is you need to normalise the results. So what you do is you look at the um, age, the demographics, sex breakout of, of your responses, and then you compare that with the population of the district and you adjust the results from the people who responded to what the population is of the district and all the rest of that stuff. Very complicated. It's quite expensive to do. Um, 
I would suggest that probably in the end it is not going to tell us anything different to what we would already know. And I'm suspecting that although we know lots of people saw this uh, to look at, decided, you know what, I'm not actually that interested. And if you've got a very generous scheme, I don't think people are going to say, well, I'm going to take my trouble to go online and answer this thing. Um, so I think we did our best with it. We've, we've done it at, at, at a fairly economical level, so we didn't spend lots of money. Um, but if you've got it in the paper, you've got it online, you've had it uh, available to people, and they don't want to respond, actually making them respond uh, is, is quite an effort. Thank you, Councillor Hargreaves. Now, I'm going to move on because, actually... Some of these questions are just questions which actually we all know the answers to before we got the answer. Uh, as Councillor Hargreaves pointed out, it's not obvious why the question has been asked in the first place. I'm looking for a proposer for this motion. He's proposed it, yes. I'm looking for a seconder now. Ah, I've got lots. <laughs> Councillor Asker, thank you. Uh, do either of you wish to, Councillor Asker, do you wish to speak to that? No, I don't think it's necessary. Thank you. Councillor Barker. I don't have any questions, Chairman. I just wanted to declare an interest as an Essex County Councillor. Okay. Thank you. Thank you very much for that. Thank you. Sorry I didn't spot you earlier on. Okay, I'm going to move to a vote. It's been proposed and seconded. Yes? Yes. Okay. All those in favour, please show. Those against? That is... Unanimous. Thank you. Next item on our agenda is the commercial strategy, uh, which uh, is uh, item nine. And again, Councillor Lodge, I think. Thank you, Chair. In some, in some ways, this uh, should have preceded the... Um, um, the investment proposal but uh, the history on this is that many of you aware is on the 8th of October um, this council adopted the commercial strategy but there was a request for uh, a, a, another look and another version to, uh, to be considered by the investment board. This then happened on the 25th of November and the eagle eye will have, noted, will have noted sorry uh, there were changes to paragraphs 3 to 5 looking at the purpose of the investments um, paragraph 16 to 20 setting out the legal framework uh, paragraph 32 on clarification that an investment risk register will be maintained following some earlier questions um, and then paragraph 39 was just uh, reworded for, uh, for clarity so um, most of the work has been done before, but uh, I recommend to Council that it now finally approves this revised commercial strategy. Well, I say finally. It's going to come back every year, but for, for, uh, for this year. Thank you. Thank you. Do members wish to speak on this matter? Councillor Khan. Um, I will be brief. Thank you, Chair. Um, so, excuse, uh, excuse me. So, sorry, my, my fault. I, asked if there, I should have asked if there was going to be a seconder for that. Right. Okay. Uh, which is Councillor Lees. You may now proceed. Thank you. Sorry. Thank you. Procedural, you know. Thank you. Um, so, uh, really want to recognise the work that's been done uh, with the investment 
board. Uh, we have been very clear about that this really isn't a strategy, but it's, uh, and this is recorded in the minute of the 25th of uh, November, as, uh, as uh, Council Leader will, will recognise. So where there is no vision, the people perish. And I think we need to have a little bit more visionary statements in our strategy of where we're going to be in the next 5, 10, 15 years uh, in relation to commerciality. The other point I wanted to make was that people are doing a lot of great work uh, behind the scenes, but I guess we really need as a council somebody in our structure to help crystallise to everybody what commerciality is and what commercial thinking is. Because I think we had a discussion earlier on uh, where we talked about an investment and none of us are experienced investment advisors. We do receive advice. But what we need is in this structure somebody who can help crystallise our thoughts around commerciality and commercial thinking. Uh, and I think that's really key, somebody that could perhaps support the excellent work that's already going on. Um, there is money for it. Uh, we have a recharge through our investments uh, strategy through Aspire, where we have officer recharge. So I suggest that if we looked at the accounts of that uh, particular uh, investment arm, uh, there will be some officer recharge, which has come back to the council. So I just wanted to make the point, lots of work that's going on, it's not quite yet a strategy, but that has been noted in the investment board. Um, and I do think we strongly need somebody in the structure to help crystallise commercial thinking. Thank you. Thank you. There's a new word been introduced there, commerciality. I've never heard it before. Still, it's good. You know, I'm fine. I'm good with it. It's okay. Uh, anybody else wish to talk to that item? Silence is deafening. Ah. Well, this has been proposed and seconded. Yes, do you, does Councillor Lodge wish to... Do you, do you wish to sweep up after that? No, OK. In that case, colleagues, I'm going to move to a vote. Those in favour of this commercial strategy, please show. Ah. I think we need to count those. Keep your hands up, please. Ah, that's it, right up. Those against, please show. Ah, <laughs> I think that's carried. Thank you. <clears throat> right, I think we're on to the interesting bit. Let's see. Right. Item 10, which is uh, the motion on climate change. So I invite Councillor Light to present the motion. Um, I believe there's uh, an alteration which has been made, which we're aware of. Yes, I know. Councillor Light, would you like to present the motion, please? Thank you. Yes, yes thank you, Chair. Um, I have an, um, an addition that I would like to ask under rule, Council Procedure Rule 12.7, I wish to ask for the consent of the Council to alter my motion by adding the following to the list of actions proposed. Air transport, so it would go at, thank you, at the end, um, will become point seven in the current motion. So air transport, to strongly lobby central government to introduce fiscal and other measures to reduce emissions from aviation. So they are curtailed as a growing source of the UK's carbon emissions. 
Point two, strongly lobby, lobby central government to review current planning guidance to local planning authorities to enable them to consider the climate change impacts of aviation when considering future planning applications that fall below the nationally significant infrastructure project level. So council has to uh, accept, Just by and it can be done by a twitch or a nod, uh, as to whether this form of words, this changed form of words, is acceptable before we consider and debate the motion. Does that find general agreement amongst councillors? Yes. Councillor Dean's nodding. Very, that's good. Excellent. Well, other people are nodding. Good, good. Anybody firmly against this change of words? All right, okay. Please proceed, Councillor Light. Thank you, Chair. Mr. Chair, Council, tonight we have heard impassioned speeches from our residents demanding that we act now on the climate emergency before it is too late. And they are right. This motion calls for the start of a journey of urgent, bold, ambitious and decisive actions. It calls for an environmental roadmap with clearly defined actions, deliverables and timelines with definitive and measurable milestones to be met by December 2020 and annually thereafter. This motion calls on Council to protect our environment, our ancient woodlands, wildlife and their habitats. It calls on Council to play a significant part in mitigating climate change. It calls on Council to play its part in turning Uttlesford into the first truly green district. Mr Chair, Council... This motion calls for the Council budget to include provision for the delivery of the initial priority actions of the environmental roadmap. It is reasonable and achievable, and we must do this. We must decide and agree our priorities and start costing and timing them and budget for them. Surely, it is a top priority for this Council to invest in our future and in the future of generations to come. Surely, it is financially prudent to invest now. We were told in a meeting of the Climate Change Working Group that these initiatives would cost £14 million. But when we asked for a breakdown, we were told this figure had been calculated on the back of a fag packet. We were also told... A point of order, Mr Chair. Could, uh, could we have verification of that, please? Could, could we have detail of who said that, where and when? Do, do you have evidence? Yes, I do. Do you have the fag packet? I don't have the fag packet, but this is what I was told by uh, two council officers. Uh, one was... Uh, don't names. No, I don't wish to mention their names, I'm sorry. It was in a meeting at which uh, a number of us were present. In which case, Mr Chair, could I propose that that comment is struck out from the record here? That is outrageous. This is precisely what I thought, Councillor Lodge. It is totally outrageous. Let me continue. No, what is outrageous is that you are saying that without the evidence. We were also told that the budget for 2021 had been finalised and it was therefore not possible to budget for the environment. But then I found out that actually the budget is still being worked on, so now is the time to cost the initiatives, some of which will cost more than others, but not as much as we think or have been told. Let me give you some examples. 
Our community resources in Saffron Walden have calculated that the planting of 16,000 trees in the town or in the area will cost £1.80 per tree and land will be set aside for this purpose. Mature trees and hedgerows can be preserved for free. Bee hotels can be made for free or at minimal cost. It could be a school or a home or a volunteer project. Adjusting grass-cutting schedules will save money, as will stopping the use of insecticides. And who would not want to help create a hedgehog corridor with their gardens and nearby pockets of land? Electric charging points on houses in the street could be shared. Installation with available grants costs less than £500. Installation of the points on the common in Saffron Walden, for example, cost around 9500 Points, however, can be installed on lampposts, in petrol stations, hotels, other public places across the district, and the cost will vary. There are businesses that install free solar panels on buildings, which we've heard about from uh, Chris Dodge, which then benefit from lower electricity costs. There are schemes that combine small-scale renewable energy generation with flexible grid provision. Renewable energy is possible, and it is happening. And the reduction of single-use plastics costs the printing of a certificate, some information, and an annual award. So not exactly £14 million worth. We have just attended a meeting where we heard we need to borrow vast sums to invest to make an income, and yet we cannot invest in our future. How can we look our children and their children in the eye and say, no, we did not have the money to invest in your futures, We decided that you and our environment are just not important enough. Mr. Chair, Council, it is a question of priorities, and we all agree on the priorities proposed in this motion. So what is the difference between this motion and the proposed amendment? There is only one difference. Our cross-party motion commits Council to achieve at least the baseline as outlined in the recent Friends of the Earth report. Our motion calls on Cabinet and the excellent and committed chair of the Climate Change Working Group to develop a clear and defined environmental roadmap and actions, including but not limited to the listed priorities. Our motion calls for budget provision. Our motion calls for an urgent action plan. What does the amendment ask for? It asks the working group to merely consider the feasibility and effectiveness of the initiatives we all agree on. This is so watered down that when I read it, I had to look up and check to see that it wasn't raining and soaking my papers. You have one minute, Councillor Light. Thank you. So, Council, let us call on the Cabinet and Climate Change Working Group to develop the environmental roadmap and to include provision for its delivery in the budget. Thankfully, Council, R4U has no whip, so members can vote with their conscience. Indeed, I call on each and every one of you here tonight to vote with your conscience and vote for this motion. And, Mr Chair, I call for a recorded vote. Together with our local communities, we must act. We must act now. It is urgent. We cannot wait. Thank you. Thank you. A a very clear presentation, and thank you for that. I ask that the uh, reference to fag packets be expunged from the record. it's not, it's not a grown-up way of referring to things. We do it amongst ourselves, but it's disrespectful uh, to the people.
who are putting the arguments. Excuse me, Chair, I I didn't make that comment. I was merely referring a comment that was made, and I'm protecting the officers by not saying who actually said that. Excuse me, you were reporting a comment. I asked that it be expunged from the record, and it will be. So thank you for that. Now, I need a seconder for that motion. Do I find a seconder? I find Councillor Dean. So it has been uh, proposed and seconded. Do you wish to speak at this stage, Councillor Dean? I'll just add a very few points, Mr. Chairman. Thank you. This is a, a discussion that's been going on for a long time. I think going back to 1991, we had discussions in this council relating to the Kyoto Protocol. And coming more up to date, of course, was the conference, the United Nations Conference, which has just ended in Madrid, which seems to have been not very successful on, a, on an international Level, I think here is the opportunity to get on and do something locally, which is what this is about. Um, I, think, I think the key things in this, obviously there's a lot of initiatives mentioned here. No doubt when the working group gets down to do more of its work, it will come up with other things. And so this is, this is, this is not a definitive list by any means. Um, but what I would like to emphasize is that it is time that we had a roadmap as to where we're going, bearing in mind that the council decided in principle in July, um, and this is asking for a roadmap as an initial action plan by the end of February, and I see that seems to me very, very reasonable. I think the important thing, and this picks up a point that uh, Mr. Gildia made, sitting behind me, at the beginning of the meeting, that there is a need for actions and priority actions. And, of course, actions often cannot come about without resources. So I think that the actions that are going to be carried out need to be backed up in part, and part only, by resources from this council. So it is essential that the the budget contains a line which says climate change in some form or other. It cannot be the case that the, uh, the budget process is finished because we haven't yet heard from central government, the new government, how much money it's going to put into the pot this year and therefore work must be going on and there's no reason why it can't be added in at this stage. I think the only other thing that I would like to add, and this was picking up a point by Mr. Dodge, who referred to uh, <clears throat> local energy production, to, to um, sustainable energy production. It is the intention of this council, and I think we've already commissioned work to advisers on how to deliver renewable energy associated with the proposed garden settlements, such that uh, they become... I think Council Lodge used the very term earlier on, carbon negative. In other words, they produce more energy than they actually need themselves and therefore there is some left over for the rest of us who live elsewhere in the district. Um, So I support and I'd like to endorse this amendment as it stands uh, to the rest of the Council. Thank you very much. Okay, 
there is an amendment to this motion, uh, which has been proposed by Councillor Pepper. And I shall invite you to speak now, please, Councillor. Thank you. I propose our amendment. The Council notes that immediately upon being elected, the new R4U administration created an environmental portfolio for the UDC Cabinet in May this year. It further notes that in July 2019, the Council resolved, one, to declare a climate and ecological emergency, acting now to prevent a climate and ecological catastrophe that will greatly impact our children, grandchildren and future generations. Two, commit to achieving net zero carbon status by 2030 and protecting and enhancing biodiversity by requesting the Cabinet Member for the Environment and Green Issues to, an to establish an energy and climate change working group of Cabinet. Working collaboratively across the Council and engaging with individuals, community groups, businesses and other partners in the district, including young people who should have a voice to help shape our future. Lobbying central government to urgently provide funding and implement necessary political policy changes. Producing a bold plan of action that is realistic, measurable and deliverable ensuring significant progress has been made to deliver the action plan by 2023. To advance the climate change and green agenda as quickly as possible, the Cabinet member then created a cross-party energy and climate change working group, which was formally established at the next Cabinet meeting on the 26th of September 2019, and which includes all three Green Party councillors. The Council urges all residents of any party or none to contribute to the Climate Change Working Group. The Council asks the Working Group urgently to pursue the production of its plan of action and in drawing up proposals to consider the feasibility and effectiveness of the initiatives listed below. We guarantee that we will look at all items on the list in the original motion in great detail. Thank you, Councillor. Yes. I, I need a seconder for that motion. Councillor Pavitt, thank you. Do you wish to speak now or later? I'll speak now if I may, Good please. Thank, thank you. you. Um, I was a bit disappointed that this has become a matter of contention when it oughtn't to be. I think we are all going in the same direction, fundamentally. Uh, there may be some issues of timing, but um, I think all members here have the same goal at heart. Um, it shouldn't become a matter of contention. Now, I'm very happy to second this motion um, as amended by Councillor Pepper and as further amended by Councillor Light to include the aviation provision. Um, you know, these are laudable objectives. Some of them can be achieved right now. There are residents here in the room who can go and start working on B initiatives, on hedgehog initiatives, on others. There's nothing to stop that happening now and I fully encourage it. It should happen. Um, there are other elements in this uh, proposal that are going to need costing and thought so that we can get a balanced provision that is realistic and deliverable. So, um, yes, I'm happy to, to second this as amended by both parties. Um, and if I might just briefly add, before members of the public here disappear, do stay for the next um, motion. 
it has some interesting aviation considerations. Thank you very much. Uh, Councillor Barker, you wish to speak. Thank you, Chairman. Um, Chairman, there are some good things in this motion. There are a few that I, I would just... May I just, in, may I just interrupt? Sorry? Do you mean this amendment or do you mean this motion? We're debating the amendment at the moment. No, I don't want to make an amendment. I want to speak. Uh, okay. Uh, you're speaking on the amendment? Yes. Good. Yes. Um, as I say, I don't think it really matters which way we go down this. There are some really good ideas in here. Um, I think we've missed a couple of tricks. Um, we are developing, we're growing as a district. We need to protect things like our hedges. They're, they're different biodiversity than whatever. We need to talk to Stansted Airport about changing all their sodium lamps to LEDs. These are some quite easy things that don't cost very much money. Uh, but whoever's looking at this, I would really like to see some of the administration sitting on this group. Um, they used to be in the administration, they're not anymore, but we now have no administration represented on this group, which I think is wrong. Um, I would like to make sure that when we're talking about planting trees, that we don't think we need to do it here. A tree planted in Scotland is just as effective as a tree planted here. We need to involve organisations like the Woodland Trust. If you wanted to plant 80,000 trees next year in Uttlesford on a commercial basis, you'd need 30 hectares. We don't have 30 hectares. It's not going to happen in ones and twos. We need to look very carefully at solar panels on all our buildings. Uh, this is a listed building. If you put solar panels on our listed building, we would be very difficult position not to allow solar panels on every listed building in Thaxted or every listed building in Clavering. And I think that's not exactly what we mean by solar panels on, on all our buildings. And we also need to look, I think, at the idea of building all future houses to passive house standard. It's a laudable aim... But I'm afraid our developers have to, to make a profit. If we insist that every house is built to passive house standard and it costs 20% more, the viability will go out the window and what they won't build is affordable housing. Now, I would not want one policy to affect another policy. We need affordable housing. We need all tenures of housing. Um, yes, aim for better. Uh, it doesn't have to be passive house, it has to be good, but we do need to look at the, the viability for developers. So as, as you discuss that back in your groups, if you can uh, please consider that in the round. Thank you, Chairman. Yes, thank you. Just a point of information from the Chair. We actually have one or two passive house type buildings here in Arthur, I'm sure you know this. Uh, they're built by one of our housing associations. Uh, and uh, they are very low energy. They cost almost nothing to heat. So they can be done, and they sort of presumably do them within their budget, but, uh, it can, but you'll take the, your point is accurate that 20% more per build cost is about right. Thank you. Is there anybody else that needs to speak to this? There's lots of people. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Mr. Chair. Can you stand up, please, oh, Councillor? I've got to stand up. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Um, coming back to that point, I think if if we allow developers the get out of not putting that stuff in, then they'll take that every time. So I think we have to be stronger on building control and design, etc. Um, I had a few questions, some of which have been answered by the amendment. So I was keen to understand why February the 25th, uh, because whilst I understand it's important to get going and uh, do this stuff as quickly as we possibly can, to have a plan and everything in place by February the 25th is, quite frankly, not feasible, I don't think. Um, and I wondered why it had finished by April 2023. It needs to be an ongoing thing, so it should be reviewed regularly. Um, there was a thing in the original motion, and it's still in the amendment, I assume, which relates to the, the waste site at Dunmo. 
which I don't think it should do because point of order, I don't think that one's been uh, yet been looked at. So at the moment, we don't have a waste site in Dunmo, as far as I'm aware. So I don't think you can put this motion forward as it currently is worded. We need to get some clarification on that. H have you finished, Councillor? I have, thank you. Thank you. Uh, waste site in Dunmo. If I could speak very briefly yes, to that, because it's Councilor a topic Laval. very close to my heart. Um, there are two wastes, there, there are two potential waste locations, or locations for, for the new waste site that uh, will be moving, hopefully, from New Street in Dunmo. One is in Dunmo, and one is in Little Canfield. Neither of these applications has yet been before the planning committee, and we have to be very careful not to have any concept of predetermination because it is possible that the selection of the site may be contentious. Uh, therefore, I believe that uh, referencing the new waste management site at Great Dunmo should not be uh, maintained, and we should just state the new waste management site to be, south, uh, to be located in the south of the district. Thank you. We need to take advice on that. I'm afraid, um, Mr Pugh, we're going to ask you for your guidance on this matter. Doing is the amendment certainly is asking the working group to consider feasibility, and I think the working group can wrap that up. You're not making a decision to build a waste site at Dunmo tonight. It'll need to go through the full planning process if an application comes forward. Uh, uh, oh, a forest of hands, it's very good, but uh, uh, there's Councillor Crisioni and then there's Councillor Driscoll after that. Thank you. I, thank you, Chair. I think I happily support the, uh, the motion. The amendment, uh, I understand where it comes from. What it does do, I think, uh, with all due respect, is perhaps water down this target to, to get somewhere in a certain amount of time, to put that roadmap to a certain deadline. Um, that may well not come out in this process this evening, but I'd like to think that in future we can fix a date and get that going. Um, all, of the, uh, all of the aims, very admirable, uh, very ambitious, but I think we should be ambitious. Um, I did notice a T-shirt earlier that said, learn more, care more, and do more. Uh, I think this whole process is allowing every councillor in this chamber to learn more, to care more, uh, and this I see as an opportunity to then do more. So I'd like to, to think that all councillors would be supportive uh, in whatever form this, this might take. Thank you. Councillor Driscoll. Thank you, Chair. Um, all I'd like to say quite simply was I think Councillor Barker is correct, and that is what the working group at the moment is looking at. Yes, we all want to get working, we all want to get it done, but we cannot just jump into it and spend money that we don't have. Just to bring up and say this is what we want, in a shopping list, it is not the way to do it. We have a working group, Councillor Light is on that working group and she knows what we are doing. Thank you, Chair. Thank you. Um, there's a saying that the job that's never started is the one that takes longest to complete. Uh, and what we have is an extremely long and hard job. And I also have here a forest of hands. I'm going to ask a newly appointed youth councillor to uh, uh, say a few words. Uh, excellent. And stand up, please. Thank you. So just a quick question. Am I right in asserting that neither the original motion nor the amendment has any particular provisions for consulting youth on the yes. process? So the amendment does have... 
Okay. And the original motion? Okay. Well, that was it. Thanks. Much. Um, I just want to actually speak uh, in support of the amendment. I know that these speeches mostly actually been in support of the, the whole thing. Uh, the amendment is not to water down. The amendment is to actually make this work. And with my finance hat on, the way you get money is you start with your reasonably detailed plan, which will come from the Climate Change Working Group, and then you bring it to me as the, as the responsible cabinet officer and also to uh, cabinet member and also to the finance officer he makes sure it gets properly costed officers have a look at it and you come out with an agreed figure we then see if we can get the money for that and put it in the budget that's the process and that's what you do to make things work the original motion as presented, very, very long shopping list, it's just been commented, no cost to it, and it just says we want lots of cash, please, in the budget. I think the figure is something like substantial budget provisions. So I do agree with Councillor Light, we need to get these things funded properly, but having a long list with no, no price tag to it, that hasn't been through a process, uh, hasn't been costed properly, that is not the way to get things done, so we need to stick to the process that's already, in, already happening now, Climate Change Working Group, Get your project together, projects together, and then we get officers to deal with it properly, and then we get this done. Uh, I won't start commenting exactly how much it's going to cost. Uh, it has been looked at. It is pretty hefty stuff. Um, some may finance to not be feasible, but we'll see. But you've got to do the process, and the original motion doesn't do that. It's too vague. You can't just put in a budget, I want lots of cash. It has to be a figure. The getting it done is, has an unfortunate history to it. Councillor, expunge that from the minutes, yes. Uh, Councillor Reeve, I'm sorry, you did wave your hand about earlier on. and uh, we've, Please. Thank you, Mr Chairman and, and councillors. Uh, I am a member of the uh, working group um, uh, for the environment and climate change. And I particularly enjoyed listening to the uh, contributions from the, uh, uh, the public here. And I do support the amended motion, so the one uh, uh, presented by my colleague here. Uh, I'm passionate to do something for the environment and for climate change. And I desperately want the council to take actions. Coming to the climate change, uh, I'd like to thank the officers for bringing a report to the second meeting of the working group we had, where in the first meeting I asked for some basic information to be brought to that. And some of that I'd just like to share with you because I think it should really direct uh, our um, pursuit of these goals. And they're unfortunately to do with numbers, but I will try to keep it simple. The average usage of uh, Uttlesford district uh, uh, population leading to CO2 emissions per person in 2005 was 9.5 tonnes of CO2 per year. What does that mean in something that we can think of? It's the equivalent of 475 adult trees. That was what was being used by each person in Uttlesford in 2005. In 2017, good news, it had dropped to 6.1 tonnes uh, per person per year. 
and that's 305 trees. So we had already saved 170 trees per person that we didn't need uh, following that thing. Where does that come from? That's about a 30% reduction over that uh, uh, 12-year period. Where does that come from? Mostly it's from electricity use. And I was amazed by this. This was to do with uh, white goods predominantly, where the efficiency of those things you buy in the shops is actually better, and it is making a difference, and it is reducing our electricity usage per person per year. Unfortunately, that was to a degree counterbalanced by transport uh, usage, where year on year the CO2 emissions from our transport does continue to go up. Now, why do I give these uh, figures? It's really to try to understand what the issues are. Climate change, CO2 emissions, the greenhouse gases, those are the things that we've got to deal with. Environmental issues, different things. We need to concentrate on the whole range of, of things for environment, and both are equally important. For me personally at the moment, I think the climate change one is the, uh, the critical one. Uh, UDC, or the district total... Uh, we, we produce half a million tonnes of CO2 per annum. To do that, in trees, 26 million trees we need in Uttlesford to look after our CO2 emissions today. So that's uh, uh, what we need. And that excludes the airport and flying and the increase potentially in the airport. You have one com- minute. Yep, coming to that. Um, the national total... Uh, There, there's been uh, also a reduction, 7.4 tonnes per person per annum, down to 4.5 per person uh, uh, per year. The interesting thing there is that we're 35% worse than the national average in Uttlesford. Why that is, I don't know, but we need to investigate that to see why uh, uh, we're doing that and what to do. Clearly there's work to do. We've started the data collection. We're developing the targets. Uh, We need to work out what to do in detail, uh, and we need to do that slowly and carefully, but with urgency to get that done. Let's work together. I think we're all agreed that we need to to do this stuff. Uh, This is the work of the Environmental and Climate Change Working Group. It's proposed here that that's expanded to bring in the wider population into that group uh, to get that done. Uh, let's do that. Uh, let's support the amended text here because I think we need to look at the priorities, get the priorities sorted out, then tackle the priorities. I absolutely respect the list of things that you've done here. I don't actually think they're the important, necessarily the important ones where we're going to get the best uh, back for our return. I think we need to look at that in more detail before spending the money to do that. I commend the amended motion. Thank you very much, Mr. Chair. Councillor Asker Thank you Chairman Um, I'm really excited about what I've heard this evening Um, I think there's lots of good things that have come out in the the original motion Um, but there's there's facts and figures that were presented by Councillor Pepper Um, This is the first full year that I've sat in this chamber and heard more about efficiency and climate change and what this council can do. But more to the point, this is the first full year I've sat in this chamber and it is being done. It's not happened before and it's all started since May. Um, The other thing I just wanted to say, 
I noted that apparently this was a cross-party motion that was being put forward, but I wasn't approached, and I'm another party. Thank you, Councillor Asker. <laughs> yes, uh, Councillor Luck, please. Thank, thank you. you very much, Chair. Um, thank you, uh, members of the public, for coming along and speaking and uh, holding us to account this evening. I'd just like you to be witness to a new thing that I haven't seen before, and it's cross-party cooperation. You've had Councillor Pavitt speak there, Councillor Barker, and a lot of other uh, speakers complimenting uh, them with the same uh, issues. Uh, we'd just like to make a point that um, Tom made here. We would like the youth involved, so maybe we can ensure that the youth are on the working group. And uh, congratulations to everybody for working together. Thank you very much. I would be delighted to see the youth um, on the working point group. Of, point of order, Mr Chair. Could I just point out that the amendment does include uh, including young people who should have a voice to help shape our future. Quite that right, is in the Thank amendment. You. Thank you. Councillor Taylor. Thank you. I have really very little to add except to say that I was slightly bewildered by the original um, motion because sitting on the Environment and Climate, Climate Change Working Group, I have actually been very impressed by the input from officers, so I reassure Councillor Barker that they are taking a very strong lead in the environment, uh, Environmental um, Working Group. Um, I absolutely agree with everything that's been said um, and with my colleagues on the group, um, and I would like to reassure council members who might have thought otherwise that quite a lot, or I should say a lot is being done and a lot of information is being gathered, which is extremely important in order for reasonable, realistic proposals to be made and therefore costed. So I support this amended motion. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm informed that I've been neglecting Councillor Fairhurst. I am I'm, I'm very sorry. It's, of course, you're at the back of the room. And Councillor Pepper, indeed, yes. Uh, so, Councillor Fairhurst, please. Uh, and the briefer, the better, actually. Yeah, <laughs> yes, Mr Chairman. I think they're both brilliant. I think this is a very positive environment. We have, we've already said, a great working group. We've got a cabinet post for environment. That's not nothing. That's important. Especially the right person in the place, as far as I'm concerned. And we all seem to agree on all the initiatives. That's as cross-party as you can get. So there's really no need for contention here at all. But there is a decision to take. These aren't identical pieces of paper. One is a motion, and one's the amended motion. And they've both got really good things and not such good things attached to them. So the decision is we can go to the amendment and get it done. And I'd be fine with that. Because if you look at the amendment, it has the first 16 lines are... We've come a long way, we've done a lot of good things, and I applaud all that. It's actually true. Um, I think we should mention the working group a little bit more because it's quite important. But I'm concerned because you haven't started until you've started. Every journey starts with the first step. And yes, we're all beavering away and doing a little bit and badgering, achieving better. At the end of the day, at some point... We draw a line in the sand and say, this is where we are. 
not a red line and a stop line, but a green line, a start line. Let's bring us up to scratch. So what the, what the original motion specifically says is, let's set a baseline. Let's bring ourselves in line with where we should have been years ago. The Friends of the Earth specifically said we marked down poorly for things. Let's bring it up. Let's see our first role. And basically the, all the motion is is a mandate to the working group and to Louise to get it done. But let's set this green line in the stand. It's the starting point where we can go from there. Let's look at trees and bees and, 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 and habitats. There are many other things we can discuss. You know, when I talk bees and trees, that's what we do. But I like the words bold and urgent and decisive action. I'm worried about let's best endeavors achieve what we can do. I think it's a great mandate. It says we trust in the working group to do this. And if this council, all 39 of us, feel the same and are positive, we're sending a message very clearly. We're telling the working group, you've got our vote. So be bold and get it done. For that reason, I think the first motion actually has more oomph. It has something about it. I think the best time to draw this line, to plant the trees, to set up bee boxes, was probably 20 years ago. The second best time to do that is now, and not next week. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, Councillor Caton has been waiting for quite some while. I'm not going to take very many more speakers. I should have moved to a vote shortly. But Councillor Caton. Thank you, uh, Mr Chairman. I mean, clearly this is a a cross-party interest. Uh, I don't think we want to create much division in the, the council chamber. But I would like to point out that in the amended motion, as in the original motion, it has to declare a climate and ecological emergency. And in, in item two, it says we're, we're striving to be net zero carbon status by 2030. That actually rings alarm bells with me. It shows the urgency of the incident. And the, one of the reasons why this uh, motion was put, I think, was the frustration that we made a decision in, in July and there did not seem to be any outward um, progress in trying to achieve that and involving the wider community. Because to actually achieve that, we have got to work with the community, we've got to work with community organisations, environmental organisations, parish, county, uh, and all sorts of interest organisations. And that is going to take a lot of effort and a lot of time. And we haven't got that time. So this is really a cry of frustration that we must do uh, something that, and have a plan pretty damn quick because we're never going to meet the 2020 deadline unless we take this thing, this issue, extremely seriously. And all I would say, let's get it done, Mr Chairman. I think the origin of let's get it done is a (laughs) bit bit distressing, in fact. Um, But, uh, look, I always say to my colleagues... 
four years is gone in the twinkling of an eye. And that's their duration on, on an administration. And actually, uh, every six months, every one-eighth of that is invaluable. Of course, towards the end of your time, and I'm speaking from experience here, you just don't have the time to get the job finished. I think um, the rules are that we uh, speak first, and then if you want to come back, you have to um, wait your turn. I, I have actually Councillor Coote, who has not yet spoken, so I'm going to ask Councillor Coote to speak. Yes, uh, once again, like all councillors, I commend all the initiatives. The one that I have a problem with, and I have to say to my colleagues over there, is that I find there's uh, politics been brought in, which, uh, which worries me. I thought we were trying to do things together. The people who've brought this motion, and I say it openly, as far as I'm concerned, uh, are scoring political points. We as a council said that we would go forward together. We have a committee, as far as I'm concerned, that have put this forward. We've heard from each and every one of them. They're all working very, very hard. I know I would ask Paul and Barbara, particularly, as I know them very well, to withdraw your motion. There's no need for it. You're scoring political points, Paul. You, you used to tell me when we sat together, don't be political, you're the Labour Party. Sit down. Well, you're being political, as far as I'm concerned. Louise has done a brilliant job, and so has the committee, all of you. We don't need this. The amendment covers it all. And as far as I'm concerned, for the Lib Dems as well, withdraw it. There's no need for it. You're being political, all of you. And as far as I'm concerned, we go with the amendment and we go forward properly. I am really disappointed, I have to say that, really disappointed, because as far as I'm concerned, that committee, you've heard our colleague there give all the details, and you're not supporting him, Paul. You're not supporting them. What you're doing is you're getting headlines in the newspaper. That's all you're doing, and I accuse you of it. And I think that it's a disgrace. This, this council has gone forward. The people have come here tonight and they've spoken eloquently, and I support them wholeheartedly. And as a council, we should be going forward absolutely together, not making little petty points. What we need to do is to put this motion forward through the amendment, get the committee to come back and pass it. Thank you. Uh, I'm going to ask Councillor Dean, and then I'm going to move on. Uh, Councillor uh, Pepper will be able to wrap up. Of course, it's your motion. Councillor Dean, and brevity is of Thank you, value here. There are two points that have been partly touched on and one that needs emphasising. The, 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 the original motion says bring forward a roadmap, in other words, abroad, what we're going to do broadly for the next whatever period it is. It does not say bring forward a detailed action plan which has been costed. It's already been said that we've been at this for seven months. The actual amendment Councillor Dean, says, you are going quick, over things that have been as mentioned already. As possible, and as quickly as possible isn't good enough. February 25th is the day that we set our budget. The amendment says that we will ask for money in order to do whatever it is we want to do from central government. If we've got nothing in our budget, they'll say to us, you know, put your, put your own money where your mouth is, otherwise they won't take us seriously. So if we've got nothing in the budget, because this amendment is striking it out, they will say, go away. If you aren't prepared to actually do something yourself and only do something if central government coughs up a grant, then we'll be, we'll be nowhere. So for that reason, the original 
paragraph which talks about uh, bringing forward budget recommendations or including budget recommendations by the 25th of February is a very serious item which has been struck out by the amendment. Therefore, I cannot vote for the amendment because you potentially, the Council will potentially undermine every bit of proposal in this because we'll have nothing to do anything. So please be serious and do not vote for this amendment as it stands. We're all being very serious, I can promise you. Uh, Councillor Case, uh, sorry, do you want to, Foley, do you wish to speak? I'll be very brief. Um, the, whatever happens, I would just ask if the, the elephant in the room to me in this is actually aviation, which we, for various reasons, haven't, haven't uh, d uh, uh, dwelt upon uh, with planning and everything that's happening because of uh, the, the way things are at the moment. But um, whatever happens, I'd like to make sure that the aviation part of that, which the amendment uh, picked up, goes through, because it's really the elephant in the room. When we were talking at the, um, uh, the climate um, uh, uh, meeting with, that Louise uh, had, it was, it was the thing that everybody understood um, without uh, lobbying uh, government on that point. Uh, it's almost irrelevant what we're doing because of the size of the CO2 emissions. So whatever happens, and I think you touched on it as well uh, earlier, that, that that should make sure that that goes into be amended. And would you accept that, Louise, if that was the case? Thank you. Right, Councillor Pepper, as the proposer, I'm asking you to wrap up, and then I shall move to a vote. Um, I'd like to thank everybody for coming tonight. Thank you very much. Um, and obviously we commend your motion as well. Um, but Mr Chairman, fellow councillor friends, residents and ardent climate, climate champions, I hope you can understand why we have put in, in a motion, uh, sorry, in an amendment. We do appreciate the sentiment behind this motion. However, it bypassed our climate working group without being openly discussed, audited and thoroughly assessed. Effective decision-making leads to effective delivery of any organisation's principal course of action. It is vital we go through the correct channels and spend time on our decision-making. Our residents expect us to do the necessary research and significant risk management. After all, this is public money. We need the right procedures and governance as Councillor Khan eloquently spoke of earlier this evening, and obviously Councillor Light mentioned it as well. That is the role of our cross-party climate working group, a democratic body, who will collectively work towards a climate strategy and important key targets, seeking practical solutions that will engage, encourage and educate our wider community starting with a conference in the new year and engaging individuals, community groups, businesses, farmers and other partners in the district, including our young people, all having a say in shaping our carbon future. That was our climate motion pledge. 
Together, we will build on providing a positive climate vision for our local residents and younger generation by encouraging systematic change and creating a safe, sustainable future. But, my friends, let us not run before we walk. Thank you. Thank you very much, Councillor Pepper. I am now going to move to a vote on the amendment. So, all those in favour of the amendment, please show. I think you need to count those. Got the numbers? Okay. Those against, please show. Okay. In that case, the amendment is duly carried, so the amendment becomes a substantive motion. Yes. Now, on the um, yeah, on the, what is now the substantive motion. I think we've had a very full discussion. I'm not sure anything more could be added to that. I just need a clarification. Um, I'm sure people will find one or two things to be added to it. My, my, my colleague here is one of them. <laughs> Councillor Foley. As I suspected, that would, uh, that would happen. But um, it was a, I, I understood by a nod that it was agreed that the aviation piece within there, how will that, how will that uh, be part of the motion? So members, so members accepted Councillor Light's original alteration to her motion, which included the, the aviation reference. So that was always part of the substantive, and that is now part of the amended substantive. So the substantive is on the screen, and I can scroll to the next Great. page if you wish. Does anybody wish to be scrolled? <laughs> so I'm now going to vote on what has become the substantive motion was the amendment. All those in favour, please show. Not quite. All those... Have you got the numbers? All those against, please show. Abstentions, please show. One abstention. So that motion is now carried. Thank you, colleagues. I think everybody can take a deep breath and we can move on to another motion. But can I say before we do that that the elephant in the room, in fact it's more than an elephant, it's more of a mammoth really, uh, is that the biggest contributor to carbon dioxide on this planet is not humans. I used to lecture on this subject. It's actually volcanoes. And we can't do anything about volcanoes, but they are the biggest output of carbon dioxide, I believe, by far. But anyway, we'll leave you with that thought. Uh, let's move on to the next motion, uh, which is item 11. I'm told that it's riveting, and I'm looking forward to be riveted. Uh, it's uh, on the North Essex Economic Strategy. And Councillor Pavitt, are you going to present on this? I am, thank you, Chair. Um, and first of all, may I thank the public for their patience in listening to what was going on here. It was a very healthy debate. 
Please don't go. You might actually hear something interesting. <laughs> They've gone already. <laughs> um, In fact, I'll, they're running. <laughs> I'll quickly recap the motion. Uh, the Council notes the North Essex economic strategy but requests Cabinet to pause further work on the NES pending detailed further clarification of three points. The economic benefits that it will bring to Uttlesford, the role of Uttlesford within this strategy, given our proximity to other key markets such as Cambridge, and the opportunities for deeper cooperation with those uh, markets, the mayorality and the Cambridge sub-region. So if I could just expand on that, and this will be no more than three minutes, I assure you. Um, so the, mo the motion is asking for a pause before we rubber stamp uh, an economic strategy that offers little benefit to Uttlesford. Indeed, it could be seen as having an adverse outcome because the North Essex economic strategy potentially ties our economic future even more closely to Stanford Airport, which is clearly at odds with the Council's concern about airport expansion and the implications for climate change. First, if I can just give you a little bit of background about this report. The North Essex economic strategy is the creation of the North Essex Economic Board, which in turn appears to be the invention of Braintree, Colchester and Tendring councils together with Essex County Council. Those four bodies are the driving force behind the North Essex Garden Communities, a project to build 43,000 homes, mostly in the proximity to Colchester. It is no wonder, therefore, that the strategic document reads like a justification for those garden communities. But as much as housing may be needed, garden communities are not an economic growth strategy in their own right. Now consider for a moment geography. Usselford is at the western extreme of North Essex. And if it were not for Stanford Airport, we would have scant recognition in this document at all. Colchester, the focus of the North Essex strategy is 45 miles away from the heart of Uttlesford, and it can't be reached by rail. What this strategy risks doing is tying Uttlesford's future ever more closely to that of Southside Airport. Granted, the airport's not going to go away, but do we really want to be a hostage to fortune at a time when the future growth of aviation is being called into question? I would suggest that promoting the airport as a solution to anything is regressive and at odds with the Green Agenda. Uh, by contrast, on our doorstep is a fast-moving, high-tech, high-wage economy that represents the 21st century and beyond. It is in stark contrast to the low-wage, backward-looking economy of aviation. I'm talking, of course, of Cambridge. It is the focus of world-leading, high-value technologies that promise exciting solutions to an array of the world's greatest challenges. Cambridge is less than 20 miles away, and it's well connected to Uttlesford by both rail and road. Surely aligning our future with that of Greater Cambridgeshire makes a great deal more sense than being a postscript to a set of justifications for building garden communities along the A120 and A12. So in closing, I would add that we are not saying don't pay attention to Braintree or Bishop Stortford or, for that matter, the influence of Chelmsford. What we are saying, however, is that we must be fully aware of the unstoppable momentum behind the Cambridge economy and the benefits, the real benefits it offers. For North Uttlesford, and bear in mind I am a councillor for the most northerly ward, this momentum provides both challenges and some uncomfortable compromises.
But there is no reason why the very durable opportunities to harvest the benefits of Cambridge are not available to the whole of Uttlesford if we are focusing our attention in the right direction. Focusing east through this economic strategy on a set of vague aspirations designed to justify questionable garden communities risks are missing the point. Thank you. Thank you. I require a seconder for that motion. Uh, Councillor Gregory, thank you. You second it. Uh, does anybody wish to speak to this motion? Or have you been exhausted? Ah, Councillor Oliver, thank you. Chairman, the, wo the wording of this is the Council notes the North Essex Economic Strategy, NWS. What is the strategy? Uh, we have not been given the strategy, so how can we comment on it? A very good question. Thank you for that. Um, Councillor Lodge, I think you wanted to speak. Indeed, yes. Um, the, a, a little bit of clarification from maybe from the Chief Executive. We obviously have seen that strategy. Has it been... It was brewed at Cabinet... And so that, that was available on, in Cabinet papers. However, um, that's not why I rise to speak. Um, it's actually it, it's a very interesting point. One of my members uh, pointed this out. And another, some of my members are saying, we haven't heard about this, we don't know about that. Um, and it was something I, made, I mentioned in, in, uh, in the opening of my statement earlier, that there is a vast amount of information available. Um, it does require a little bit of effort to find it, but it's there. And uh, you cannot be spoon-fed with all of this information. You have to take an initiative to look for it. So, first of all, um, that is there. And a tremendous amount of other information on uh, economic strategy. So, just to, to give a, a substantive response, if you like, um, and I, I did mention I was going to talk about it earlier on in my earlier statement, um, we are influenced by um, a, a, a large number of different economic areas. Um, I, I do have a lot of sympathy. I have a lot of sympathy with the intent of this motion. But I was just glancing left and thinking that Councillor Barker, for example, is dramatically farther than 20 miles away from, from Cambridge and may look in other areas. People out in the far southeast in Stebbing, shall we say, in Flitch Grieving, they, they look much more towards other geographic areas. And so whilst we understand the strength of the Cambridge powerhouse, we have to look at um, other areas. And I've sort of made a note of some of, some of the other strategy groups that I am and other people are involved in. Um, and I'm going to come back to the, to the North Essex bit and the Essex bit in general. But also there is the London, Stansted and Cambridge Innovation Corridor uh, of which I sit. And there are somewhere of the order of about 30 other councillors who sit in that from Cambridge right down to um, the London boroughs. So that's one particular perspective, a rather north-south one, of the economic strategy that we have to look at. Um, also... Um, the work that I have been doing in the last six months, some of the people I've spoken to to get a bigger economic picture, had meetings with Epping Forest, with Harlow, with East Hearts, and then with Cambridge City and with 
South Cams, also for particular issues with the Wellcome Trust, Genome Centre, plus the Essex County Councils and Cambridge County Councils. Um, and I, I want to continue to cover all of these areas. I don't think that we can turn our face in one particular direction. I understand why uh, in your constituency you want to do that. Um, I think you've also made mention that the, uh, we, we have li limited resource to do this. Our economic development team is only two or three people and we understand how they are stretched. But just to say I'm personally committed in my new portfolio, which as you know I only took over uh, a few weeks ago, I am really committed to covering every single base of the economic pattern that we have in this district. And yes, it is very complex. Just to go into a little bit more detail, and uh, we, we, we've still got 12 minutes before we have to uh, for, vote for an extension. We might, we might just get away with it. Um, the North Essex economic strategy has got complicated because this is um, part of a broader Essex You have one process. minute, Councillor Lodge. Um, okay, we'll definitely make it then. Um, so how to get that down into one minute. There is a new board called Success Essex. I have actually given that to, uh, to Councillor uh, Gregory to, to, to have a look at. And in fact, further to wanting to participate, I put my name forward to be a member, one of the um, members of that um, Essex board, so that we can have um, a much bigger influence on the Essex strategy. And further from that, the input from that board will feed into the Southeast Local Enterprise Partnership. Now, that is important because that does answer one of Councillor Pavitt's questions is, what do we get out of it? They have got a significant amount of sums to spend in the southeast of England. So if we resign from this, we are not being allowed to put our influence into that group, into the CLEP. Uh, I, for one, am determined... Uh, maybe we won't have to call on too much time from the officers. As I said before, only I will lose sleep over this. So I would uh, very much encourage uh, the, um, the uh, members to turn down with a heavy heart, because I appreciate what uh, the, the independent members are saying, and make sure that we continue to participate in as broader economic strategy as possible. Thank you. And that is that well on timing. Councillor Pavitt, I'm concerned. I know there are others that want to speak, but I'm at this point of clarification here. I'm concerned that we have insufficient information upon which to make what is a far-reaching decision. Of course, you are inviting us to put a stop on further Cabinet activity on this particular topic, which is fair enough. I personally don't feel I have enough information to make a sound judgment on that. Uh, is there a form of this motion that I think perhaps you could bring it back when we've got more information? But I, I just feel that we don't have enough stuff. Councillor. No, I think it's a very fair comment in the light of what people have said here about not having actually even read this document. Uh, it is going to be difficult to ask people to make a judgment. Um, I'm happy to bring forward some kind of compromise if we, if we can think of one now. I'd agree. What I'm suggesting is uh, suggesting offering as a possibility is you could withdraw the, the motion as, as it's proposed. You have the opportunity. You, you alone can do that. 
uh, and bring it back in a more refined form, which gives us a clearer uh, yes-no answer, because basically a vote is a yes-no answer. It's binary. Um, that's just my concern, but I'm happy to be guided by others. Well, perhaps the leader needs to give us a timeline. I mean, does he need to give an answer to this NES, NEES proposition now or later? Councillor Lodge. We need to carry on working with uh, not just the strategy, but the new success Essex group. And, and I've handed over some information that you may like to have a look at, which would maybe help to form your judgment for the future. But uh, um, it, there isn't a timeline. It's ongoing. The, the economic strategy will be developed and refined forever. Uh, so, Councillor Driscoll. Councillor Pavett, may I suggest that you may wish to withdraw this motion and bring it back for consideration? Yes, go ahead. If, if I may, Chair, make a couple of remarks. I don't think either Councillor Pavett or I are, are troubled by the idea of withdrawing this motion, although I must admit we are rather surprised at the um, lack of awareness amongst the Council of the whole of the details of this. Councillor Driscoll makes an excellent point that this is for the benefit of the people of this district and the broader community and that really is the killer point I think because if we were to pursue this North Essex economic strategy when all is said and done we are tying ourselves to a particular economic geography which in our case will be centred on Stansted it's a low wage, low gross value added, high carbon economy. If we think more broadly about the opportunities within the Cambridge sub-region as an exemplar, that's tying us to a high wage, high skill, high gross value added and low carbon economy. I mean, it's, it's really rather blunt. Do we wish to hitch our star to those wonderful exemplars of corporate social responsibility and employment practices, Manchester Airport Group and Ryanair, or do we wish to uh, hitch our star to probably the greatest concentration of biotechnology and advanced engineering on the planet? It's as simple as that. Okay. Things wake, the, the, the debate's waking up a bit. That's good. Thank you. Uh, Councillor Khan, please. Uh, switch on and stand up, please, if you can speak. Uh, thank you. Yeah, I mean, it certainly has woken up now. I mean, I think what we have to do as a point of order, really, is to uh, not sort of have any form of predetermination in our minds when we refer to employers of airports. Uh, but I think the motion should be um, withdrawn because it's ill thought through coming here tonight because we haven't assessed 
the impact. And I'm actually taken by uh, Councillor Lodge's per uh, perspective about the South East uh, Local Economic Partnership. These are really big investment areas for us to consider. And, you know, whilst I think that there is uh, 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 some merit in, in Councillor Driscoll's uh, particular viewpoint, and I agree with that, um, I'm concerned about the residents of Stanton South and Birchhanger. What, re what message are we giving with this particular motion? Thank you for that. Councillor Light, I think you were... Write a reply, please, Chair. Thank you. Um, I'm slightly... Oh, sorry. I'm slightly surprised that it's uh, described as an ill-thought-through motion. Far from it. It's been very carefully thought through. And I think the message we're giving to the residents of Stansted South and Birchanger is that they can embrace higher wages and a far greener uh, employment opportunities by embracing the opportunities of the Cambridge sub-region. So this is offering, offering a viable alternative. So I'm slightly disturbed at being uh, misrepresented. Yeah. Can we just one person speak at a time, please? Preferably me. <laughs> Councillor Pavitt. I think in light of the fact that so few members have actually read this strategy document, I think we do have to postpone this or defer it for discussion at another time. Yes. Uh, we've, we've post Three minutes now. Councillor Caton, we've withdrawn it. There's nothing to talk about. Well, I, uh, Councillor uh, Freeman, I, oh, I actually sorry. had my hand okay, up sorry, sorry. Tw 20 minutes ago, or when it started. I have, can I say, this seems to be a misunderstanding by mm. Councillor Pavitt and Councillor Gregory, that actually economic, local economic area and activity is actually bounded by administrative boundaries. Exactly. It is a load of cobblers. Yes. Because I don't know how many people in your ward actually work and travel to London each day. But in Uttlesford, as many people move out of Uttlesford in a day to go to work outside the district as move in the district. We've actually got high educated people who move, go to London on the train and we have people from Harlow and Braintree who come and work at the airport. I think, you know, this is a, a real misunderstanding and I speak here as somebody who used to work for uh, 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 the South East England Development Agency the local economies go on, on corridors of movement, basically. They don't look at administrative boundaries. And all this is about, and I'm supporting uh, <laughs> Councillor Lodge here, is, is about uh, actually getting the DOSH in. And, uh, right, and I, I'm going to move uh, under 12.8, withdrawal <laughs> of motion. I'm now going to sit down, Mr Chairman. <laughs> <laughs> <Can you switch laughs> please re-switch your microphone off and somebody take it away. <laughs> uh, now, Councillor Pavitt, I'm informed that you can't just withdraw a motion. We've got to agree to you withdrawing a motion. <laughs> so I'm going to ask councillors, do we, do we agree to having this motion withdrawn. Hands up. <laughs>
Right, that means the meeting consents to it being withdrawn and we don't need to discuss it anymore, not on this occasion. Thank you. Excellent. In that case, councillors, there being no more business... Clear the pigeonholes. Uh, oh, yes, sorry. I was... Pigeon fanciers, will you please clear your pigeonholes and take your birds home? That is from the members' room. And thank you for your uh, patience. I declare this meeting closed. <laughs>